everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Anime Nostalgia Podcast. As always, I am your host, Usamimi, bringing you a short review episode. Uh, For those of you who have never heard one of my review episodes before, well, in a nutshell, I go back and revisit an older anime title that I haven't seen in a long time, I scribble down some notes on what I remember about it, and then I rewatch it and see if my opinion on it is still the same, since it's been a while and, you know, sometimes our tastes change, you know the drill. And don't worry guys, if this kind of episode isn't your thing, I'll be back later with a regular podcast episode with a guest soon, so don't worry. Now, earlier this year, I was surprised to hear that, of all things, uh, that 90s manga Ushio and Tora was going to be made into a new TV anime this summer. This was a title I hadn't thought of in quite some time, but I guess with 90s titles like Parasite and Sailor Moon getting new anime right now, some studios seem to be digging through those older titles and hoping to catch a ratings hit by playing on fans' nostalgia. But unlike Parasite, Ushio and Tora had an anime come out previously. Not just one, in fact, but three. Granted, unlike Sailor Moon, these were not TV shows, but short OVAs, or Original Video Animations, aka anime released directly to home video. And all three of these OVA series were pretty short. So short, in fact, that when ADV picked up all of Ushio and Tora back in the 90s, the whole series basically fit onto five VHS tapes, and then later into a two-disc DVD set collection. Not to mention that one of these OVAs was basically just a series of shorts, so it almost doesn't count. Uh, In fact, on ADV's DVD re-release, it's not even part of the regular episodes, it's just kind of tucked away in there with the DVD extras, but I'll get back to that later. So, getting back to the point, uh, I figured now was the perfect time to revisit Ushio and Tora since it had been years since I'd seen it, and I'd been meaning to rewatch it for a while now. So, if you hadn't guessed it already, for today's episode, I'll be revisiting all of those original 90s Ushio and Tora OVAs. Now, it's been quite some time since I'd seen them, Uh, but I think I remember the basic concept well enough. Ushio is your average teenage anime boy who lives in an old temple that his father runs, even though his father seems to be out having his own adventures quite often, leaving Ushio to take care of the temple chores on his own. One day, he's cleaning out a storage room and finds a huge door that leads to a basement where a bloodthirsty 500-year-old demon just happens to be pinned to a rock by a giant spear. Well, it turns out Ushio's ancestor was a samurai that was trying to slay that said demon, but only managed to trap it with the spear. So he built a temple around the demon and kept watch, making sure he never escaped. So Ushio basically unknowingly opened Pandora's box, and with unearthing this demon, other demons quickly gathered, sensing its presence. And eventually, Ushio is forced to free the demon by pulling out the spear from his body and using it and the demon, which he names Tora, to get rid of the annoying demons that have swarmed around the temple and his friends. And from there, I remember that was basically most of the premise of the show. 
Reluctantly, Ushio and Tora have to work together to kill demons that threaten them or threaten someone close to Ushio while having some bickering and witty banter between the two of them and sometimes even dumb slapstick thrown in for good measure. I got into this series because I've always loved seeing the different kinds of yokai, uh, most commonly translated simply as demons in English, uh, that you see in these kinds of series. As I watched more of it, it reminded me a lot of things like Yu Yu Hakusho, spunky anti-hero teen fights demons and protects his friends and family, with a little bit of comedy thrown in to help balance out all of the fighting and the monsters. There's even a few spunky female co-stars that double as help for our hero and add a romantic interest into the mix. The series was never as big of a hit as things like Yu Yu Hakusho, but since the series was only five tapes long and was completely released in its entirety in America, it was a lot easier to get into and purchase than Yu Yu Hakusho was back in the day. So it was an easy sell to recommend to somebody who might like that type of story, and in most of the anime fan circles I was mingling in back in those days, it had its fair share of fans who liked it and would recommend it to others. At the time, I remember thinking it was pretty good, but I was always a little sad it was only five tapes long. It seemed pretty short in comparison to the other shonen powerhouses at the time, which always seemed to have new volumes coming out to watch. And back then, I don't think I realized it was based on a manga either, or I might have tried to see if I could find the manga so I could figure out what else happens to all of these characters after the OVA was over. It was never one of my favorite series, but I remember really enjoying the back and forth between Ushio and Tora, and thinking it was pretty funny. In fact, I remember recommending it to plenty of people back in the day as something that was a general crowd pleaser for things like anime club showings and general group watches. I felt like it had a little something for everyone, and thought the animation was pretty good for a shonen title. But, to be fair, more than 10 years have passed since those days, and in anime years, that's a pretty long time. So, let's see if I feel the same way about the Ushio and Tora OVAs with this month's rewatch. So, Ushio and Tora. One of the first things I noticed while rewatching Ushio and Tora is that the animation varies from episode to episode. It seemed like almost every other episode would look pretty rough, while the next one would look a little bit better. This was especially apparent in the first six episodes, which was the first OVA series. Now, to be fair, this series did start in 1992, which was well over 20 years ago at this point. But the other thing I noticed was that the way the story begins is very similar to the first episode of Tenchi Muyo. Think about it. Generic teenage boy whose family owns a shrine ends up finding a monster locked up in the depths of it and ends up accidentally setting it free. Chaos ensues, etc. Of course, after that point, both of the series take very different turns and turn into completely different shows, obviously. But getting back to the animation quality, when you compare the animation to both of these shows, 
Tenchi's looks a lot more like the quality of animation you'd expect from an OVA since OVAs are generally known for having much better animation quality than a standard TV show, while Ushio and Tora's animation barely comes close to that first Tenchi OVA, which is saying something because they're both pretty dated looking now by most modern anime fans' standards. I was actually surprised when I looked up the release dates on both Tenchi and Ushio and discovered that they were both released not only in the same year, but the same month. That makes the similarities and the differences between each of the show's beginnings even more amusing when you realize these were both being animated pretty much at the same time and were most likely sold side by side in video stores in Japan, and then later on in America. The other thing I noticed is that it still reminded me quite a bit of Yu Yu Hakusho, even from the beginning, and I couldn't quite put my finger on why at first. You know, other than the whole, there's demons, there's a guy, and he fights them, etc, etc. But then I realized the main reason was practically staring me in the face. Or, should I say, screaming in my face. Because the original Japanese voice of Ushio just happens to be Nozomu Sasaki, who was the voice of Yusuke in Yu Yu Hakusho as well. Somehow, I had totally forgotten this fact, or I had just never put two and two together when I first watched it back in the day. I know I usually don't talk about voice actors until much later in the review, but I just couldn't help it. This was something that just stood out way too much to me while rewatching it, and it amused me a lot. No wonder the series was so tied to Yu Yu Hakusho in my memory. Of course, that's not the only reason. Like I recalled before, the story of Ushio and Tora is in the same wheelhouse as Yu Yu Hakusho or similar things. In fact, a lot of the characters you meet later in Ushio and Tora have pretty similar looks to Yu Yu Hakusho's side characters and villains. So, along with those factors and all of the fightings and the demons, etc., the comparisons to the two are pretty much unavoidable. Not only that, but looking up the release dates for the original Yu Yu Hakusho TV series, I was amused yet again to see that Yu Yu Hakusho started airing on Japanese TV almost exactly a month after the first Ushio and Tora OVA was released. Again, another very amusing and strange coincidence between the two. But that doesn't mean they're exactly the same, not by a long shot. Those two things aside, the other thing that I noticed while doing this rewatch and actually kind of caught me off guard was the fact that the series was a bit more violent than I remember it being. That kind of threw me off as I didn't remember it being something that was so damn bloody. As I mentioned before, one of the things I'd recalled the most was it being somewhat of a comedy. So I guess in reality it's more of an action comedy horror series? Because when I'm talking about blood, I really mean there is some significant blood being spilled in this series. The first two episodes aren't really that bad, but episode three has a surprising amount, including a flashback to a living room floor that is completely covered in an entire pool of blood, made much more apparent by the fact that the scene it's in is in black and white, and everything is shot in black and white except for the blood. I guess they really, really wanted you to remember all that blood. <laughs> and from there, it's a lot more frequent. We get blood in the form of characters biting and clawing each other while fighting, heads getting squished, faces exploding, and even faces getting half bitten off. 
I wondered why I'd forgotten all about this, but it might have to do with the fact that this series was released in the 90s, and in the 90s, anime was basically marketed to fans as being extreme and adult and definitely not for kids. So shows and movies featuring a lot of violence was actually a huge selling point in the American market for a while and pretty commonplace. This could be why I didn't blink an eye when I saw it, because at that point I'd probably seen much worse than Ushio and Tora, which I can basically guarantee you I did. Either that or I just simply forgot about it in the sea of violent, bloody anime I'd already seen over the years to this point, and neither of which would really surprise me that much, to be honest. I was pretty much spot on with the basic story of Ushio and Tora, but because I couldn't remember anything after that very basic origin story, it felt like I was watching the series again for the first time, which was a little weird. I'd totally forgotten that every time Ushio has to fight a demon with a spear, he goes into sort of beast mode where his teeth somehow get fangier and his hair grows out into super impossibly long lengths. Supposedly, this is how his samurai ancestor looked 500 years ago when he fought and defeated Tora originally. And whenever the fight ends, all of his long, magnificent hair somehow magically melts away too, which for some reason was pretty hilarious to me. I didn't really know what the point of all that was. Maybe the original creator thought it as a cool way to indicate that shit was about to go down, and then maybe you knew he'd won the battle when all of his fabulous hair just magically fell off his head and vanished. It looks really neat animated, of course, but as someone with long hair myself, I can assure you that it's definitely not easy to do all of that running and jumping around with that much hair. If it had been animated realistically, Ushio would have spent 90% of his time blinded by a face full of hair and not being able to talk without chunks of it getting into his mouth. Of course, if you think about it, this is almost like a magical girl transformation. He uses a magical item to fight, it makes his appearance change, and when the fight's over, he goes back to normal. So maybe because of this, it's magical hair that will billow perfectly in the wind, always look cool, and never blind him or fly into his mouth at the wrong time? Well, that's the theory I eventually came up with, and damn it, I'm sticking to it. So after they set you up with all of the main characters and the whole shtick that Ushio kind of controls Tora now that he has ownership of the ancient spear he pulled out of him, the series is pretty quick to throw the two into almost a monster of the week sort of style scenario, where they have to either work together to feed a new demon, where they have to save one of the two female classmates Ushio is always hanging around with, or sometimes for something different, one will have to save the other's life from, you guessed it, another bigger, badder demon. Sadly, the bulk of both of these OVA stories are like this. We don't really get to know much about many of the characters in the series other than the very most basic, superficial stuff. We don't even really get to see that much of Ushio and his two neighbors slash childhood friends, uh, Mayuko and Asako, the only kids who seem to want to hang out with him at all, um, actually in school or hanging out together. And of course the character that gets the most development is obviously Ushio. We even learn stuff about him that doesn't seem very relevant to this anime at all, such as apparently his favorite hobby is painting and that he's supposed to be pretty good at it. 
of course, he's the one who tells us this, and by judging from the brief moments we actually see some of his paintings, he might be greatly exaggerating his talent. Either that or the animators just didn't care to make any of his beautiful paintings look that exceptional in the OVA. Ushio's dad only seems to make cameos when he's needed to move the story along, and we don't get much info on his mother other than she's dead and not there. We don't even really learn that much about Tora's past, though for two episodes in the second OVA series, we do meet a demon that knew Tora back before he had been pinned to a rock for 500 years. But Tora does get at least some screen time here and there, where he discovers just how much things in the modern world have changed since his stint in Ushio's family's basement, which are good for a chuckle. Poor Mayuko and Asako, however, have lots of potential to be interesting characters, but they're more often than not regulated to being plot devices in the story rather than fully fleshed out characters. There are several episodes that put more focus onto them, but even then the story still mostly revolves around them having to be saved by Ushio or Tora or Ushio and Tora. The second OVA series gets to showcase Asako a little more though, with a couple of episodes of her being pretty level-headed and tough in her own right when she needs to be, which is nice, considering how often Asako seems to get teased for being too rough or not as feminine as Mayuko by Ushio and even Asako's own father. Mayuko gets some episodes more focused around her in the first OVA, but she's written even more two-dimensionally as Asako is, being described as the more traditionally feminine of the two, and that's about it. These are boring cliches that we often see in shonen-based anime, so it's not surprising, but it kind of comes off as sloppy character development. Of course, it doesn't help that this OVA came out while the manga it was based on was still running, and with the series ending at a whopping 33 volumes, there's a lot that they'd never even come close to covering. So I suppose it's understandable that it feels like there's a lot of the story we're not seeing. This OVA might have been made under the impression that we already knew the story and just wanted to see some choice bits from the manga being animated. But it's still a little disappointing to see that even with two full-fledged OVA series and a grand total of 10 regular episodes, that most of the stories seem pretty standalone and don't really have any overarching plot. So after the last episode, it just sort of ends? Which makes it kind of come off as just being a very long advertisement for you to go read the manga to see what else happens. But to us in America, who have never gotten an official English release of the Ushio and Tora manga, that's a little bit frustrating. At least with some OVA series like, say, Oh My Goddess, there was a complete story throughout the whole series that once it ended, it felt like at least that story had a proper ending and you didn't feel so unsatisfied at the end. Now, you might be wondering why I said there were three OVAs earlier, but then only mentioned two of them while talking about the review. Well, like I said before, technically there are three OVAs. The third one, like I said, is actually a 30-minute collection of shorts that are done in a super deformed style, or chibi style as it's more commonly referred to now, uh, that was released in Japan as Ushio and Tora's Comically Deformed Theater. This little OVA was released on a single tape in Japan and from what I understand is just animated silly stuff from some of the more amusing parts in the manga, as well as just wacky stuff that the animators wanted to do. Basically, it's something that the fans of the series would enjoy, 
stuff along the lines of the original SD Gundam shorts, uh, Ten Little Golf Force, or the Adventures of the Mini Goddesses Oh My Goddess anime. It's a cute mix of music video animation and just random stories revolving around various characters, all drawn in that 90s SD style. Surprisingly, the animation in this little OVA is really great. While the original OVAs had fake eye catches, um, eye catches being those TV commercial break spots, uh, that featured cute chibi versions of Ushio and Tora and company, uh, the fake eye catches in this version feature the characters looking normal instead and animated really well, almost better than the actual animation in the previous OVAs. I was very much prepared for the stories in this to be super corny and boring, but they're actually a lot of fun. One involves Tora adopting a homeless kitten and taking care of it, including him wearing a frilly pink apron and trying to figure out what kind of food a cat eats by randomly taking things out of the fridge and placing them in front of him to see if he has any interest in them. There's also a short done in a silent, old cartoon style with no spoken dialogue that features characters from both OVA series that ends with some fun old-school video game references in it, which I thought was pretty cute and I got kind of a kick out of that. Unfortunately, when ADV re-released all of Ushio and Tora, they really didn't know what to do with that final silly OVA series, so instead of being prominently featured with the other two OVAs, they just kind of shuffled it off into the bonus features under extras on the second disc. So if you have no idea it was even in there, or if you're the type that never bothers to check out bonus features, you might not even know that it existed, which is a shame because after the disappointment of the kind of, well, that's all there is, ending to the OVA, the comically deformed theater part was actually kind of a nice bonus and helps lift your spirits a little bit because it's pretty enjoyable to watch. So, ultimately, would I say I felt the same about Ushio and Tora? Well, <laughs> I'd have to say that I was actually kind of disappointed revisiting this one. While some points of the series are enjoyable, like, the back and forth between Ushio and Tora can be fun, and there's some cool yokai to be seen in it. There's a lot of stuff that was just kind of boring. The big fights in the series weren't all that memorable, and a lot of them weren't even very well animated or directed. I found my attention wandering a lot during what were supposed to be pretty dramatic moments of Ushio and Tora trying to save someone from a demon yet again. It might not help that this was an OVA, and episodes were originally released much further apart, so the creators probably didn't anticipate people binge-watching the entire series all at once, thus didn't think of the pacing issues in that sort of way. Maybe if I had spaced out the episodes while watching, parts of it wouldn't have seemed like such a chore to sit through, but as it was, that's exactly how it felt sometimes. And while I did comment earlier on the violence in the series, a lot of it is animated at such a quick pace that if you blink, you might actually miss some of it. The series doesn't seem to try to focus too much on the bloody stuff, but there is a lot of it in there, and if the thought of a floating head yokai randomly slashing women in a department store to death makes you uncomfortable, well... My old recommendation of this series having something for everyone might not have been entirely accurate back in the 90s, and you might want to avoid it. The animation definitely wasn't nearly as good as I remember it being originally either. 
Understandably, they tried to emulate Kazuhiro Fujita's original manga style, but sometimes it just ended up making characters' faces look super awkward and wonky. This is especially apparent in episode 3, for example, when the animators tried to give the character Hyo very menacing faces to make him look intimidating and scary, but it just came out looking really weird and almost rushed. It makes me wonder if they didn't have much in the way of funding for this OVA, since you usually associate OVAs with higher quality animation than this. Even the second OVA, which came out a little later, still has parts where the animation quality dips, and kind of frequently. Both of them look basically on par with a decently made TV series at best from the 90s. But that's not to say it's all terrible, though. If you enjoy a lot of violence with your anime, and some cool-looking Japanese demons, and characters that bicker but are deep down really friends, then Ushio and Toro would most definitely be worth watching at least once. At only 10 episodes and a 30-minute batch of shorts, it's not very long, and as of right now, you can easily find one of the two versions that ADV released on DVD for about $10 or less online, even though it's out of print, which evens out to less than a dollar per episode. I do have to say, though, that ADV's English release of Ushio and Tora is not the best thing they've ever released. Originally, the series was released at a time when many companies would try to westernize things as best they could for anime releases. So, for the opening credits, the original Japanese Ushio and Toro logo is covered up with ADV's brand new English one, and this was pretty common in the 90s with anime releases in the US. Translation choices were a little odd at times too, with some of the subtitle dialogue choices coming off as a little weird and janky sounding. For example, the liberal use of the word penetrate, which gets thrown around a lot in the series for some reason in regards to Ushio's spear. Someone at ADV didn't have a thesaurus, maybe? Pierce or even stab would have sounded a lot more natural in conversation, unless they purposely decided that it would be fun to see just how many times they could use the word penetrate. I'm sure high school kids everywhere got a good snicker every time somebody said it. They also didn't include any sort of translation as to why it was kind of a joke that Ushio names Tora, Tora. Well, for those of you who don't know, Tora means tiger in Japanese. And Tora, well, he's orange, he has black stripes, he's furry, you know, Tora kind of fits. But if you didn't have any sort of concept of the word Tora meaning tiger in Japanese, the whole joke is kind of lost on you. I would have liked to have seen ADV put some sort of note in the translation to let the audience know about that, but since I guess it only really comes up when he's actually naming him and doesn't really make any sort of long-running gag throughout the series, well, maybe it wasn't totally necessary. But it would have been a nice addition. I also noticed that their translation for the first OVA's opening song was slightly different in the comically deformed theater OVA, which made me wonder why they didn't correct whichever version they decided was wrong along with it. Either an oversight or just laziness, I guess. Also, from what I remember of those old VHS tapes I'd seen previously, they cleaned up the language a bit from their original translation. I'm pretty sure the original subtitled VHS tapes I had seen had a bit more angry swearing thrown in here and there. 
I don't really know why they decided to clean up the language a little for the re-release, as with all the blood and violence, simply cleaning up some of the language issues and taking out some hells, dams, and maybe a few shits probably wouldn't suddenly make it more appropriate title for younger teenagers, so it seems like an odd choice when editing this new version. Speaking of those original VHS tapes, you tape collectors out there might want to keep your eyes out for the original dubbed VHS tapes of Ushio and Tora, at least the only two they ever made. Apparently, ADV tried to make a dub of the title shortly after releasing the original Japanese versions on VHS in America, but they stopped after the first two supposedly because the sales totally bombed. When ADV re-released the series later on DVD, however, they started from scratch and made up an entirely new dub for the re-release, which is apparently regarded as much, much better. I've heard some people say that they even prefer the new dub to the original Japanese version. So, those first two VHS tapes have a dub that were pretty much lost to the ages, making them somewhat of a lost VHS curiosity. So, if you're a tapehead who likes collecting oddities like that, keep your eye out for them the next time you're scouring the flea markets. Other small nitpicks I have with their release would also have to be that the main menu replaying the first opening song every single time you make a menu choice gets pretty annoying after the first time you have to do it. Also, for a two-disc DVD set, they made a much bigger DVD box than they really needed for it, which seems totally unnecessary and kind of a waste of shelf space. Not to mention it probably cost them more to release it that way. Maybe they thought it would look more impressive on a shelf, but the box design isn't anything amazing or impressive to begin with. Even though this original Ushio and Tora anime never made huge waves, it did have some notable staff that worked on it. The series director, Kunihiko Yuyama, previously directed many notable anime titles, such as the Minky Momo franchise, Go Shogun the Time a Tranger, Lita, The Fantastic Adventures of Yoko, and Windaria. Kenji Tarada, the screenwriter, also wrote for Kimigure Orange Road, Dirty Pear, Space Adventure Cobra, and Bao. Shiro Sugisu, who did most of the music for all of the OVAs, also worked on music for titles like Megazone 23, Kimigure Orange Road, Lita, The Fantastic Adventures of Yoko, and Garzi's Wing. I already mentioned Nozomu Sasaki playing Ushio, and you've probably heard him before as Yusuke in Yu Yu Hakusho, of course, but he was also Tetsuo in Akira, Shin in Samurai Troopers, aka Ronin Warriors, Clef in Magic Knight Ray Earth, Ruka in Revolutionary Girl Utena, etc. etc. But we also have Chikao Otsuda as Tora, who you might also hear as Ratman in pretty much every version of Gegege no Kitaro, Goemon in the original Lupin the Third TV series, and Joseph Joestar in the JoJo's Bizarre Adventure OVA. Yumi Toma, who played Mayuko, was also Luna in the Robot Hunter Kashan OAV, Erd in the original Oh My Goddess OAV, Anne in Sailor Moon R, and Sally Poe in Gundam Wing. Yuri Amano plays Asako, and she was also Ifurita in El Hazard, Rain Mikamura in G Gundam, and Kione in Tenchi Muyo. And amazingly enough, she also plays Keiko Yukimura in Yu Yu Hakusho along Nozomi Sasaki's Yusuke, which means she was playing Sasaki's love interest in two different shows around the same time. 
While I haven't seen much other than clips of the dub, Taurus seems to be the fan favorite in the English version, dubbed by Brett Weaver, who's pretty well known for his role as Damaramu in the dub of Dragon Half. Now, originally, I watched this on VHS, but this time, of course, it was on DVD. The picture's nothing to write home about, but it's not totally unwatchable. There are, however, some sound issues with the original Japanese version, which is especially noticeable in the last few episodes. From the sound of it, it was an issue with whatever Japanese masters ADV was working with, as when I briefly switched it to the dub track, the sound seemed fine. So if you're watching the original Japanese version, you might want to turn down your sound because there's some pretty loud popping on those last couple of episodes that's pretty much unavoidable. I previously mentioned that this series had a definite Yu Yu Hakusho flavor, but if you're looking for more older anime that features demons or supernatural creatures and fighting, you might also want to check out 3 by 3 Eyes, Devil Man, or Blue Seed. If Ushio and Tora was a bit too gory for you, and you're more into the comedic aspects of the show and want to see more of that kind of thing, you might want to try something like Hell Teacher Nube, Urusei Yatsura, and even Gigege no Kitaro. People often compare early episodes of Inuyasha to Ushio and Tora, so if you're a fan of that, the Ushio and Tora OVA might be worth checking out to you. Ultimately, I think it'll be interesting to see how the new Ushio and Tora TV anime coming this summer will compare. The manga's been finished for quite a while now, so that'll give them a considerable advantage over this old OVA, with lots of story to work from. Currently, it's scheduled to start in July of this year, so you have plenty of time to scrounge up a copy to check it out before it starts. While this original, older OVA might not be a masterpiece, if you're into weird horror-type stuff or demons in anime, it's worth checking out at least once, and isn't a terrible way to waste a weekend afternoon. Well, that's all for now on Ushio and Tora. If you have any comments, suggestions, or questions about this episode or previous episodes, you can always leave a comment on the blog at animenostalgia.blogspot.com, you can find me at animenostalgia.tumblr.com and comment on this post or send me an ask, or you can email me directly at animenostalgiapodcast at gmail.com. You can also find more episodes and subscribe for future episodes on iTunes, or if you're a fan of Stitcher, the Anime Nostalgia Podcast is now on Stitcher. Just search for the Anime Nostalgia Podcast, or you can find a direct link to it on the blog. As always, I have been your host, Usamimi, and I will see you again next time. What will you do once you're free? Well, first I'll eat you, and then I'll cut you. Hey, hey, where are you going? I'm not finished with you yet! Come here, you brat!